don't want to meet your mama, just want to separate two independent clauses with a comma. cooler than cool some might even say ice cold boo (laughs) you boo boo (sighs) whatever don't rain on my parade boo don't hay on my (laughs) yah who are you what is this what's going on i'm Lindsay chucker i'm your host today i'm a journalist great i'll do that again nailed it i'm journalist Lindsay chucker I'm journalist Lindsay Tucker. I'm here today, as always, with Aviv Rubenstein. Aviv, hello. Hello. Yes, it is I, Aviv Rubenstein. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I am great. Are you? Yeah. Just keeping keeping back all in the... front of the old Orangina <laughs> back poster. In, back in front of the old Orangina. <laughs> um. Yes, I'm doing well. I am coming to you live from Boston and very excited about today's episode. Have a have an intimate relationship with this song this week. Um, what are we talking about today? What are we talking? Well, what tell us? What tell me what the show is all about? What's what do we do on this show? On this show, we talk about your favorite songs. Now, Lindsay, <laughs> we have gotten. A little bit of a reputation of like ruining songs for people or artists for people. That's true. Are we, we going to continue that. to do that today? Not today, friends. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Today we just have like a, a bop. Just a bop. Just doing a bop. We're doing a bop today. Uh, a bop that was recently listed as number 10 on Rolling Stone's new greatest 500 songs of all time. We're talking about Outcasts. Hey, ya. Woohoo. Woohoo. So, first of all, who is Outcast? Uh, are you asking me or is this rhetorical? Yeah. I'm asking you. Outcast is a rap duo from Atlanta and they Impressive. consist of Andre 3000, aka Andre Benjamin. And uh, he's like the kind of the singer musician side. Like like instrumentalist side of the band and the MC the the one who does the rapping is called Big Boy, aka Antoine Andre Patton. I didn't know his name. And they had a bunch of very big hits. The first one that I was familiar with is a song called "Bombs Over Baghdad," which rules. Bombs over Baghdad. Yeah, very very good song. And then they ha- they released this record. Ooh, the Hey Ya's on and had like a stupid amount of hits, but I can't remember the name of the, the name of the record at this on the, at this time of day. Future Sex Love Sound? No, that's a Justin that's Timberlake Justin album. Timberlake song. But you're close. But yeah. Hold on. Hold okay. on to that. Okay. We'll get there. I'm holding it. Okay. So yes, those two, Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand, Big Boy with an I for those yeah, of boy, you who are following like skater along. Skater boy. Yes, but big. He was yeah. a bigger boy. um so they formed outcast in east point georgia in 1991 or 92 depending on 
your source. It's pretty early. Yeah. The duo is often credited with putting Atlanta on the hip hop map. Yes. I, are, I say yes like I am an expert. Yes, like, I I created the map. I understand the <laughs> sentence that you just said to me. <laughs> Those are words. Um, they're also widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential hip hop acts of all time. Awesome. So in 2015, Billboard named Andre 3000 number six on the list of the 10 best rappers of all time. Whoa. Directly behind Nas and ahead of Lauren Hill. Whoa. That's, the, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with rap as I am with like rock and roll. And so I can't say like, oh, you're forgetting a blah, blah, blah. But like, that's, that's pretty spectacular in terms of high listing. accolades. Yeah. High yeah. accolades. Andre 3000 Billboard wrote showed subsequent stars like Drake, Lil Wayne, and Kanye that you could be an eccentric emo crooner and one of hip hop's elite at the same time eccentric emo crooner okay yeah. <laughs> um so it's andre 3000 who wrote and produced hey ya which was released in august of 2003 the <sighs> summer i graduated high school as part of outcast double album speaker box the love below uh, speaker box slash love blah below and speaker box has has like seven x's right yes so that album came out in September of that year from Arista Records, which is a Sony subsidiary. Mm -hmm. The album almost immediately went triple platinum a month. It was a month after it Wait, was released. The album almost immediately went triple platinum. Yeah. So that's it went triple platinum a month after it's released. Okay. So we have to break this down. This is a double album. So it's bigger and more expensive than a regular album. And this is like the very beginning of iTunes. Yes, so we're st we're still at like, I guess people are still buying records, but it's like about to drop off a cliff. But going triple platinum with a double album in a month is like unheard of. For this album, Big Boy contributed half its songs, and that was Speaker Box. Mm. And then Andre 3000 contributed the other half, which was called The Love Below. I see. So Hey Ya was the ninth song on The Love Below. Okay. And the most popular, I'm just saying this, I think it was the most popular of the double album's 39 tracks. 100%. Because the, the other hits were The Way You Move and Roses. And Miss Jackson. Those were, and Miss, I thought Miss Jackson was on the Stankonia. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, it is on Stankonia. So okay. I guess I also knew Miss Jackson before I knew. And So Fresh and So Clean. Oh, that's them. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't feel like 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 I, I, that's not a, as eccentric as the rest of the. Yuvra. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world that was a that was a big hit. And the whole world. Oh yeah. When you make that sound. Me, me. Mm -mm. <laughs> That'll definitely off to a great cut start. Out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so hey, I was definitely the biggest hit. No question. Okay. Great. Okay, so Hey Ya hit number one on the Hot 100 in December 2003 and eventually hit number one in Australia, Canada, the Czech Republic, Norway, and Sweden. Jesus. And it appeared on several U.S. genre charts, including hot R&B, hip-hop, alternative songs, adult top 40, and hot Latin songs. Adult top 40? Latin songs? Yeah. I read this article that was like, because it was so eclectic, it hit all of these charts. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Hey Ya doesn't feel like a quote-unquote rap song, so like I get it. But like, 
Latin is that's a little that's okay. <laughs> that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, this is all leading up to like my prom. This is this is where this story culminates is like me at senior prom listening to Hey Ya, peeing your pants, peeing my pants. That's exactly right. <laughs> what? Aviv peed his pants at prom, guys. Is that is that the story we're going with? <laughs> yes. Great. Sure. Matt told me. Matt, Matt and I went to different <laughs> high schools. <laughs> I know, but he went to your prom with that girl, Cassandra. Uh, you don't remember <laughs> this story at all. Cassandra's his wife. I know. They got married because they're high school sweethearts. And yeah, and I just pissed all over myself. <laughs> when you heard Heya, because you were so flippin' excited. Uh, so flipping excited. <laughs> and you drank a little too much jungle juice. At the prom? Yeah. At the U.S. Constitution Center? Next to the statue of Benjamin Franklin? Yes. <laughs> Andre 3000 told HuffPost that Hey Ya was the oldest song on the album. He'd started writing it during the 2001 Stank Onia tour that featured Ludacris, also from Atlanta. Ah, uh, yes. Who was an up-and-comer at the time. Hey Ya was inspired by bands such as the Ramones, the Buzzcocks, the Hives, and the Smiths. What? What? Yeah. Uh, so Rolling Stone asked Andre Benjamin, is there a show that changed your life? And he said, I wouldn't say it changed my life, but a while ago I flew to New York just to see the hives. My flight was late and I didn't get to see but the last 20 minutes when they played every song I loved. At one point they were jamming so hard and then right on cue they all stopped. They held their post for at least a minute. Nobody moved. Sweat was dripping and they were like statues. They didn't have to play shit, and the crowd was going crazy. When they cranked it back up, the show went to a whole different plateau. The crowd went nuts. Nuts? Nuts! <laughs> I wouldn't have written Hey Ya if it weren't for the Hives. Interesting. So, for those of you who don't remember, because the Hives definitely do not have the staying power of, of Outkast, they were a Swedish band um, from like the rock revival in the early 2000s, and their big hit was hate to say i told you so which you can hear a little bit of right now and tick tick boom please sing it for me because i can't hear anything hate to say i told you so nothing great okay and then the smiths always reminds me of perks of being a wallflower because that was like charlie's favorite band sure We'll do a Smiths episode one day and I'll just ruin Morrissey for everybody. He's also a racist. Great. Stay tuned. For yeah. More racist content. I've been put in the penalty box for, for ruining people's <laughs> lives. So Pop Matters described Heya as brilliantly rousing and spazzy with electrifying multiplicity. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> New York Magazine and other outlets compared it to the Beatles, noting the comparison of the music video to the Beatles on The Ed Sullivan Show, which is a legit comparison that we will talk about after we watch the video. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Except for John Lennon never dressed up like a jockey. Or did he? Or did he? <laughs> All music described Heya as an incandescent mix of electro, funk, and soul music. And NME said trying to classify it was akin to trying to lasso water and called it a monumental Barney between the Camberwick Green, Brass Band, 
a cruise ship cabaret act, a cartoon gospel choir, and a sucker MC hiccuping. Okay. Enemy. <laughs> You're on my shit list here. Can you will you read that to me again? And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Yeah, would you just read that to me again? Yeah. NME said trying to classify it was akin to trying to lasso water. I'm into that. And, <laughs> and called it a monumental Barney between what? the Cam- Camberwick Green what? Brass Band, a cruise ship cabaret act. That I know what it is. A cartoon gospel choir. Sure. And a sucker MC hiccuping. So like sucker MCs who, who, who call Oh wait, I wasn't even done. Hold on. Oh. I have failed you. A sucker MC hiccuping, shake it like a Polaroid picture, backed up by the cast of an amateur production of The Wizard of Oz. What, guys? <laughs> what? A monumental Barney between the Camberwick Green Brass Band, a cruise ship cabaret act, a cartoon gospel choir, and a sucker MC hiccuping, shake it like a Polaroid picture, backed up by the cast of an amateur production of The Wizard of Oz. Okay, so. Enemy in 2003 lay off the cocaine. <laughs> I can picture someone like 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 doing a line on his desk yeah. and and being like I'm going to win a fucking Pulitzer for this. I used to take speed, stay up all night just to fucking write. Is that Lester Bangs? Yeah. Uh okay, are we ready to hear the sucker MC hiccuping shake it like a Polaroid picture? Yeah, as long as there's an amateur a cast of an amateur production of The Wizard of Oz in the background. Mm, oh, I'm in just luck. You wait. <laughs> as long as I get to lasso water at some point. <laughs> One, two, three, uh. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so and this I know for sure.
fades out that first performance of hey has just been going and going and going forever <laughs> in the mojave desert in the mojave desert of of georgia so a little bit about the recording of hey andre 3000 began recording it in december 2002 at stangonia studios in atlanta he used an acoustic guitar for accompaniment okay so he recorded the introduction and the first verse and the hook with a little bit of vocals dabbled in okay Eventually, he brought in session musician Kevin Kendricks to perform the bass line on Synthesizer. And then several months later, he worked with Pete Novak at the Larrabee Sound Studios in Los Angeles to do to like finish out the vocals. Uh, and he reportedly did 30 or 40 takes of each line. Wow. Pete Novak, who recorded the vocals, said he would do 30 or 40 takes of each line. I would say, all right, I better put that one aside. That was a great performance. And then he would come and listen to them. And the one he would like would be the one that I was about to erase. After a while working with him, I said, I'm not even going to try to read him. Weird. The, the, the thing that you mentioned about like him showing people that rappers could also be eccentric artists mm-hmm. is like very interesting. Because usually like flows, I mean, this is not like a flow song, but like flows will just be like, okay, I'm going to do this whole run. And like, there it is. And now he's like agonizing over syllables and whatnot. Yeah. And doing a ton of takes. He was also the only, it's only his his voice is the only voice on the entire track, except for one woman who was an assistant to an engineer who gave the ladies. Yeah. Sure. And then they like amplified it. it, layered it to make it sound like more women. Um, which is interesting because like the music video, which we haven't looked at yet, but I remember from being alive, is that, right? It's like him a thousand times, right? Yeah, but there's crowd sounds, which is why we didn't listen to that first. Okay, we'll get... Uh, okay, so what is this song about? Should we do a dramatic reading? Yeah, let's do a dramatic reading. One, two, three. That's it? That's all you're doing? <laughs> yeah. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so, and this I know for show. But does she really wanna, but can't stand to see me walk out that door? Don't try to fight the feeling because the thought alone is killing me right now. Thank God for mom and dad for sticking to, no, for sticking two together. Yeah, like, like two together, like, sticking. Okay, sticking two Two together, together. (laughs) like we don't know how. Hey, yeah. Because we don't know how that it's because we like don't we don't know. I'm I'm on Google right now. Well, it's wrong. All right. Well, why don't you send me the right lyrics then? Well, I'm on Google too, but we can just say the right ones. All right. Whatever. I don't know. I I think that you're wrong. You think you've got it. Oh, you think you've got it, but got it. Just don't get it when there's nothing at all. We get together. Oh, we get together. 
but separate's always better when there's feelings involved. Know what they say, it's nothing lasts forever. Then what makes, then what makes, what makes, what makes, what makes, what makes, love the exception. So why, oh why, oh why, oh why, oh why, are we still in denial when we know we're not happy here? Don't want to meet your daddy, just want you in my caddy. I forgot, y'all don't want to hear me, you just want to dance. Nah, it's in parentheses. Uh, <laughs> don't want to meet your daddy, just want you in my caddy. Don't want to meet your mama, just want to make you comma. I'm Come just, comma. I'm just being honest. All right now, fellas. Yeah? What's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. I can't hear you. I say, what's what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. All right, 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 all right. Now, ladies. Yeah? Now, we're going to break this thing down for just a few seconds. Don't have me break this thing down for nothing. I want to see you on your baddest behavior. Lend me some sugar. I am your neighbor. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Now all Beyonce's and Lucy Lou. I didn't remember that from the song dolls. at all. Really? Yeah, not at all. Wow. Um, okay, so what is the song about? It seems like it's about something and then it just becomes not about anything halfway through. But the thing that it seems to be about in the first and second verse is that there's this couple and they like thank god for mom and dad for sticking to to, sticking together because we don't know how so like you know my folks are still together but it seems like i'm i'm probably gonna be breaking up and nothing lasts forever so why should love be any different like like this is a song about saying goodbye to someone who you're in a loveless relationship with or not just like staying or or just stay you're supposed to yeah 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 uh, to me, I think he's le- he's leaving. Because hmm. the get that vibe. The last the last thing about it seems to be why are we still in denial when we know we're not happy here? And then everything else is just like a dance. Well, I think it's imperative that he says, "Y'all don't want to hear me. You just want to dance." It's like you don't want to hear this message. You're oh, just- I see. I, that didn't that didn't register to me. So okay. <laughs> so he's saying like I'll drop this melancholy bullshit and just do the thing that I that you expect of me. Right. Interesting. So now we'll boogie. Okay. According to MTV, Andre loosely based the lyrics to "Hey Ah," like the rest of the love below, on a screenplay he wrote about falling in and out of love. What? The ninth track on the album "Hey Ah" comes at the time in the story when he's had a magical night of lovemaking. This is, quote, MTV. Okay. When he's had a magical night of lovemaking and has fallen in love with the woman voiced on the album by Rosario Dawson. Wait, which... what? Wait, wait, wait. Say that I'm again? sending it to you. I'm sending it to you. It's also Rosario. What did I say? Rosario. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey, okay. Is this like the interludes of the record? No. This whole... I'm about to myth bust this whole paragraph. Okay, I'm I'm but, very confused at what's I know, going on. But you can click this. This is the song that comes right before Hey Ya. Okay. And it has Rosario Dawson on Rosario. it. Rosario? Rosario Dawson on it. Okay. <laughs> She's just laughing the whole time. She's like running away from him and laughing. And he's changing. Ch- <laughs> 
Yeah, this is a weird song. This is for for something so commercially successful as Hey Ya. I've literally never heard the song before, and I like can understand why. It like doesn't seem like it's a would be a crossover hit. Right. Uh, this is okay, She so Lives in My Lap. Yes. Okay. All right. So back. This is still from the same paragraph from MTV. So he's falling in love with this woman. It's voiced by Rosario Dawson. Now he's getting cold feet, wondering whether he wants to be serious and questioning the point of continuing. If they say nothing is forever, then what makes love the exception? He ponders. So it's not even that they're in a long-term relationship. It's that they are. He's like wondering whether to even start a relationship. According to MTV. According to MTV. But you said you're going to myth bust this. Is this not true? I'm going to myth bust this whole paragraph. Okay, great. In 2013, Andre told the Huffington Post in an article titled The History of Heya, as explained by Andre 3000. There was never a screenplay, but I did envision a story about a guy that went to Paris and each song represented a different woman. Okay. The concept started off as songs. Then I reached out to a buddy to talk about filming. We were green and didn't realize how long it would take to get it done. So I can I can understand how someone would misconstrue like, I want to kind of make a film. It's like a musical film thing based on all the songs. It's like concept, like Purple Rain-ish or whatever. And then someone being like, but probably a little bit more narrative because Lemonade doesn't have any story in it, does it? Yes, it does. Have you seen it? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I saw it when it dropped. Does Lemonade have a story? Yeah. What's the story of Lemonade? Next week on Lyrics for Lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Back to MCV. Hey Ya is pretty much about the state of relationships in the 2000s. Andre 3000 explained (laughs) on the set of the video. I'm from the year 3000. So (laughs) this is, I can look back and say, this is what relationships were like. In the 2000s. Yeah. It's about some people who stay together in relationships because of tradition. Because somebody told them, you guys are supposed to stay together. But you pretty much end up being unhappy for the rest of your life. Great. So Heya is really about saying, fuck it. Live life, you know? Andre added before throwing out a line. Don't want to meet your daddy. Just want you and my caddy. Okay, so the dance parts (laughs) do have something to do with the rest of the song. It's like a little bit free lovey. Don't want to meet your mama. Just want to separate two independent clauses with a comma. You're welcome. Exactly that. Here's Frank Furtado of the Middle Eight breaking down the lyrics. I don't know if he could do as good of a job as we, but let's let's hear what he has. Let's give the, the newbie a chance. Hey, is an ironically bleak track about the current state of relationships. Let's break this thing down for just a few seconds. Uh, my baby don't mess she loves me so this I know but sure. Straight off the top, the narrator tells us that his girl won't cheat on him because she loves him and he really believes that. But he thinks that maybe she's only faithful because she's afraid of being alone. But does she really wanna but can't stand to see me broke out the door? He goes on to comment on past generations and how they managed to stay married for decades, while this new generation is seeing divorce rates soar. He's stuck in this relationship with a woman he no longer loves, and it's becoming clear that she's lost that feeling for him as well. If what they say is- 
The protagonist wonders what the purpose of continuing the relationship is. But the song masks its messages with alternating falsettos and frequent repetition to the point where we don't comprehend its true meaning. Our protagonist ponders over if they're staying together out of tradition, ignoring their real feelings and sacrificing their happiness for it. Many people stay in unhappy relationships rather than doing what's right for them and leaving. And for a moment, we think it's over. The entire audience should get it by now. But they don't. We're in denial and Andre calls us out for it. But it's buried in the beginning of another chorus. And he was right. Many people still see this as a happy pop rap song, ignoring its true nature. So Andre later told the HuffPost the song isn't autobiographical, it's more like fantasies or tangents based on real life. Moments from my life spark a thought when I'm writing. The story was set in the 50s, so the song was me trying to do a Woody Allen kind of thing. A humorous <laughs> kind of honesty. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I've just pulled like the weirdest quotes. That is a guest <laughs> appearance that I was not expecting this week. The song is set in the 50s. So, so the song do... was me trying to do a Woody Allen kind of thing, a humorous kind of honesty. Okay. We can't make, we definitely can't make it through an episode without like some kind of monster or rapist. Yeah, right. But... Famous monsters part eight. <laughs> uh, we actually reached out to Woody Allen to appear in the video for Hey Ya, but his schedule didn't work. What the fuck? <laughs> We had also asked Ralph Lauren because I designed the clothes in the video to look like polo players, which is a style he popularized. No. Okay. No. You're not okay. allowed to. We got to jump back. <laughs> what do you think that phone call was like to Woody Allen? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> job. I don't know. What do you think do it was like? Do you do improv professionally? <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the groundlings, duh. <laughs> um, so he called Woody Allen's people and was like, okay, imagine this, Woody. 45 of me. In polo suits. In polo suits, and then just you. And what are and you Ralph doing? Ralph Lauren. And Ralph, <laughs> you and Ralph Lauren, you're playing cowbells. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Uh, like, Ed Sullivan, maybe he was going to be like the Ed Sullivan character. Which I think is Ryan Felipe, right? We got to watch I it. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been a good one. Uh, okay, let's watch the video since oh, we have questions. I have so many fucking questions. <laughs> I think I have an answer for that. What makes love the exception? What? Well, to quote Anne Hathaway from Interstellar. No. Love is the only thing that transcends space and time. Oh, gross. Well, you did this. <laughs> we thousand? For the sake of everybody so in that's the big band. Act like you got some sense. Ain't gonna get up there and shake his ass. What we talking about? Don't get out there playing it, okay? That's what I do every night. That's all I know how to do, man. You know. I ain't flew all the way overseas in the middle seat for us to get over here and f up. Act like you got some sense. You might get a little bit of this here. Not money. This is like whole money. Giant old phone. I hope you get out there and do your thing. <laughs> yeah. And check it out. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. Either you can fold that. 3,000. I'm telling you. Don't mess it up for everybody. Greyhound don't float on water. Or drugs. I don't know. Here in London for the first time. Oh, it is Ryan for the perform for you live. Johnny Vulture. Benjamin Andre. Dookie on drums. Possum Jenkins. 
and Andre, Ice Cold, 3000. What a weird cameo. Very weird. I give you the love below. So the love below is now the fake band. Yes. So that bass that he's playing is very nice. It's a Rickenbacker, and I really want one. Mm. That's all. So yeah, they're doing the Ed Sullivan Beatles situation. Yeah. Also, this is like, you know, the production of this is not a small feat to clone Andre Benjamin seven times and move the camera. It's like pretty, pretty impressive. For, you know, not a feature film. So the video won a ton of awards. Sorry, I get it. I, I had to like scroll down. Um, it won BET Award for Video of the Year, the MTV Award for the Best Hip Hop Video and Video of the Year, and Best Visual Effects and Best Art Director. That all tracks. <laughs> I, I do not disagree with any of that. Oh, they bleeped out. They bleeped out comma. <laughs> that dirty little comma. Dirty little comma. Yeah. He's wearing the heart of the ocean on his pinky. Is he really? Oh, he is. Look at that. <laughs> the one, the one thing that bothers me is they're doing the same. They're like sweeping over the same like three women in the crowd. Mm. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> I wonder. If this had any effect on sales of Polaroid cameras. And, and oh, it so. did. Did it really? Yeah. Nice. I'll talk about it after the song because people get annoyed when we talk this yeah, much about the song. They can go fuck themselves. Honestly, every part of this song is like working super well. Yeah. Like if we look at like the individual 
parts of the music, right? The drum beat's like, whatever. I mean, it's good, but it's just like very simple. But that, the um, the little keyboard lick, bum, 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 bum. Synthesizer so bass. Cool. Yeah, very, very good. So the music video was directed by Brian Barber. Oh, I don't know who that is. And it's based on the Beatles' landmark appearance on the Ed Television Show on February 9th, 1964, but sets the action in London. Yeah, yeah. They cross the pond over to London, and we get to hear Ryan Phillippe's, like amazing British accent. Yeah, so it's like the American invasion in Britain. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And yes, yes to Ryan Phillippe's amazing accent. Uh, the beginning and the end of the video blend with those of The Way You Move so that the two can be watched in either order. So it would be uh, The Way You Move slash Hey Ya. Or, or vice hey versa. Hey Ya slash The Way You Move. So you just like loop them. Combination. Loop them forever. <laughs> yeah. In an art installation. kind of cool. Uh, the Way You Move Hey Ya video combining both clips with a bridging sequence was released on the Outcast The Videos DVD. Oh, awesome. Was it The directed- Outcast The Videos DVD. The speak uh the way you move is is speaker box oh it is yeah great this is this is a weird concept of them to do an album which is basically like you're watching the mitosis of the band where they're not doing stuff together anymore they're just releasing their own solo records together <laughs> yeah it's like very yeah. strange because yeah the way you move is just a big boy song. There's no, there's no Andre on it, and vice versa. There's no um, big boy on Hey Ya. And then there was I. I looked at the track listings at one point, like the complete track listing, and I remember I saw something. I think on um, the Love Below that was like this song featuring Big Boy. Yeah, which was like super weird. If it was Outcast. Um. So after listening to Hey Ya. Brian Barber, the director, was inspired to create a video around the Beatles' appearance on The Sullivan Show based on the song's musical structure, but Andre 3000 had never seen <laughs> Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Great. Love that. Barber showed Andre the footage, and they came up with the idea of reversing the British invasion by having the American band The Love Below becoming popular on the British TV program. And the music video was filmed in two days in August 2003 on a soundstage at Universal Studios wow. in Los Angeles. <laughs> two, d- two days is not a lot for the amount of visual effects in that, in that show. Yeah. Wow. The cast included more than 100 women. But they only used the, the shot of the Even same though we three. only saw yeah. few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and each of, Andre's three th- each of Andre 3000's parts was shot several times from different angles, and he performed the song 23 times during the course of the filming. That's, that's a lot for two days. That's a, that's a whole lot. So tiring. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like because he's like the talent or whatever, like they will go basically until he, is, he doesn't want to go anymore. But that mm-hmm. just like shows his his weird like uh, obsession and stamina f- to do to do this stuff because it doesn't look like any of them any single one of the Andres is tired or not energetic or you know whatever. Right, and literally none of the dancing was choreographed because they decided to release Hey Ya as a single at the last minute. So Andre just improvised all the dancing. No. <laughs> To, at like the, as someone who's like worked with visual effects before that makes me like, like <laughs> sick to my stomach um also they 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 only decided to 
release this as a single at the last minute? Like, what? Yeah. The fuck? There are other great songs on this record, but like, what? I think it was Pete Novak. One of the producers that I read a bunch of their interviews said, um, like, I didn't even remember. Hey, y'all. Like, I literally had to go back to my computer to see if I was the one that worked on it. Wow. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed Johnny Vulture, the drummer with like the... um, The scars on his face. The scars on his face. That was the last performance that they... um, recorded and andre was kind of like more like slumped on the stool yeah the throne (laughs) yeah fine (laughs) i said yes what do you want for me i said yeah and you're like yeah whatever as mentioned andre designed the clothes Mm -hmm. there was like an outcast clothing company which was not popular at all and then he had his own men's fashion line which was called benjamin bigsby so I just want you to like Google Benjamin Bigsby right now and look at the clothes and just give a reaction. All right, Benjamin Bigsby. I also remember that this was the video that or the the time in Outcast career that gave us um Farnsworth J. Bentley was the guy's name, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Fa- Farnsworth Bentley. He was like his whole thing was like a well he was a well dressed black man with like an umbrella and he would like follow Andre Benjamin around with like an umbrella and just being like very well dressed. All right. Benjamin Bixby. B-I-X-B-Y. Oh, no. Oh, this is no. Uh, 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 Lindsay. Please tell us what you see. Okay. So I'm seeing a lot of like, I got to say lawn jockey chic. Yes. Like, like he's, he knows he's got to know, right? It's very confusing. Maybe he's like taking it back, like reclaiming it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's very, very strange. Yeah. I mean, and not, it's not all horrible, but there's like a, there's like a pretty big section of it. That's like, oh no, this is like, like, like the costumes for the movie legend of bagger Vance. Yeah. Or that one guy in, um, get out. Mm hmm. With, with, like, Keith, with Keith Stanfield. So strange. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very weird. Ugh. I just got like a chill. <laughs> so in an interview with the Daily Mail, Andre said, I designed those green pants before I had my own label, Benjamin Bixby, using fabric I found in my hometown. I got a seamstress to sew them up for me. And then the year the single came out, I started to see more and more green in people's collections. I don't know if there's such a thing as royal green, but that's what I like to call it. Okay. I mean, I I will buy that the the reference to Polaroid pictures made Polaroid stock go up, but I will not buy that people started wearing more green after this music video. Yeah. So the next thing I was going to say was about Polaroid picture. So speaking of Polaroids, Huffington Post asked Andre 3000 how that lyric came to be. Mhm. And he laughed and said, I have no idea. In rap, lyric writing is what comes to mind. That was just the visual I had. And you're apparently not even supposed to do that. No, you're not. <laughs> Same thing with the line about all the Beyonce's and Lucy Lou's. When I was writing, her video was on. Yeah. It's great when that happens. It's uh, independent women, right? Yeah. From... From Charlie's Angels. Yes. <laughs> I definitely... What I so I'd never remember the Beyonce and Lucy Lou line, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's from Charlie's Angels." 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So myth myth number seven busted. You're not supposed to shake Polaroid pictures. Uh, kids, for all of you who are listening who were born after the year 1995, a Polaroid picture was uh, it was a camera that you could snap a photo and a picture would print out immediately, but it would just develop <laughs> in front of your eyes. And some people thought that if you shook it, it would develop faster. But that's not true. Well, I wanted to know where this idea of shaking the Polaroid came from. <gasps> so I did a little digging. Oh, no. And when Polaroid cameras were first released, they used a peel-apart film. I remember. So when a person took their photo with this film, the photo would still be wet due to oh. chemicals. So people would shake, shake it, it so dry. it would dry faster. Mm. And mm. so the brand loyalists for polaroid after they created their like film 2.0 would still shake the pictures for no reason and then kids like us who got a polaroid when it mine wasn't wet but i right. think i just thought you're supposed to do yeah, that yeah 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 yeah, exactly <laughs> and like i think that what i've heard was if you squeeze the you know there's like a bottom part with like pads on it there's like yeah a, you don't want to squeeze that then the goo goes it, up into the, the picture right and that's why you're not actually supposed to shake it but if you want to make yeah. it like trippy just like squeeze that and it like toothpaste yeah. some color out into your photo <laughs> okay so back to your question about did polaroid capitalize yeah. on this yeah when the stonks when the song started to blow up when the stonks <laughs> when the stunk on <laughs> uh when the song started to get popular polaroid did seek to capitalize on the hype so they right. hired this guy ryan berger of the euro rscg advertising agency okay to like sponsor parties for outcasts and like run this ad campaign so this is from ad week from december 2003 outcast hit gives mvbms a campaign say that again please outcast hit gives mvbms a campaign so i'm gonna read from this now okay so Euro, remember I said it was called like Euro RSCG. Mm -hmm. I guess the full name is Euro RSCG MVBMS. Great, I love that. <laughs> like, so and this is an so ad. This is like an advertising company. Uh, like, like I thought, like marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Don Draper. Right? Yeah, but like, why have a <laughs> marketing company with such a fucking horrible, impossible name? I don't know. So I will read from this article now. Can Polaroid's instant analog photos find favor with trendsetters who have gone digital? No. Hava's Euro RSCG MV BMS partners hope so and has enlisted the help of hip-hop duo Outkast and its hit song, Hey Ya, which features the line, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Polaroid and MV BMS have partnered with Outkast in an attempt to build on the song's popularity and channel that into a guerrilla campaign, the shop's first effort for the client since winning its business in October. Leading the effort are Ryan Berger, a strategic trend spotter for the New York shop and CEO Ron Berger's son. Nepotism. And Skylar Brown, associate director of MV BMS's strategic trend spotting and research initiative. The two are planning to get cameras on stage with the band and into the hands of Polarazzi, no, which Berger nope. defines... That was in quotes. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you mean that didn't take off? We, don't, we aren't saying, here come the Polarazzi. Mm, sadly, no. Which Berger defines as celebrities and other, and other trendsetters, mainly those under 30, a demo that has the least awareness of the brand. No. The plan is to hit high-profile events on New Year's Eve as part of the Polaroid Ambush. No. 
Ira Matathia, director of strategy at MVBMS, said he wants to portray Polaroid as a creative touchstone in the shop's first ad campaign, which does not yet have a break date. Quote, there is a history of cultural figures using Polaroids in creative ways. Andy Warhol in the 60s is an example, he said. We're going to try to engage those kinds of people, and consumers as well, in a more real, natural way that emphasizes the celebration of creativity. So this is this is my biggest issue, right? Is that <laughs> they can't just like take the win. It's like obviously gonna gonna be good press for them. They can't just take the win. They have to like really, really like beat it to death and mm-hmm. coin terms like polarazzi and make a Polaroid ambush and like commodify it in a way. You know, I don't know because that's not cool. No, extremely. That's not the cool. opposite of cool. Yeah, but I, th- <laughs> I think like I wonder if they didn't think or didn't know how easily it could be sniffed. Like this kind of in inauthenticity could be sniffed out by our generation because he's talking Mm -hmm. about us right right yes like i think that it was you know we are relatively good at at sniffing out like marketing campaigns yeah um we're trying for guerrilla marketing well whatever this just reminds me (laughs) of that kanye clip do you know what i'm talking about no did you just send it i did um, I don't want to tell you anything about it other than it's a Kanye clip about Polaroid cameras. And what he said is, you are a celebrity. So basically what's going to happen is there's product here. And this is where you end up, right here. If you can communicate this product, you can make money off the product. Because look at Gaga. She's the creative director of Polaroid. I like some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? I like some of the Gaga songs. What the <laughs> fuck does she know about cameras? So like they've been, they, they have not learned their lesson and basically still do the same thing. They made Lady Gaga creative director. They are in a lot of trouble in terms of a brand right now. <laughs> yeah. Poor guys. Poor, poor, poor guys. They're so uncool. Because Polaroids are cool. How can you Polaroids have, are cool. How, People liked them already. They had the Impossible Project. Remember that? Yeah. How can you have a bunch of uncool dorks trying to sell a cool product to people who want to be cool and who fail, already like it? Yeah, who <laughs> failing so miserably. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there was this tweet that like broke the internet back in May. Great. This tweet is is from this May. Yep. So this is from Outcast. And it says, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We made one. And it's a meme of Andre's face with like the, the flat ironed hair. And up until like the crown of his head, it says a bop. And then everything below that says the saddest song ever written. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Brutal. And so can you explain this meme trend? Um, I don't think I can actually. Um, so so it's uh it's like showing the proportionality of 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 some universally known piece of pop culture, and so it doesn't actually ever say "Hey ya," but it's just like a, a still frame from the "Hey ya" video, and so yeah, it just shows like the proportions of of what it is. So it could be like you know a bop and the saddest song ever written. Sorry if I... Okay, you're not doing a good job. I'm sorry, yeah. 
But I didn't think I would. I thought you would do a better job than me. There's like tons of memes like this. Yes, there are tons with of like memes like this. like these little brackety things that are showing the proportionality, like you said. Yeah, so who's, some who's doing a thing. bad job now? I don't know. I didn't think I would do a good job. That's why I asked you to do it. Well, I did an equally bad job. <laughs> okay, so they did that tweet in May of mm-hmm. 2021. Basically, everyone below in the comments are like, drop an album, motherfucker. At the first reply is from a dude named Schlazer TV. And he says, it took me 15 years to notice that there's an open coffin in the middle of the stage sitting there the whole time. Holy shit. There's an open. We just watched this video. There's an open coffin. Is it a coffin or a casket? I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. So is it the death of love? I guess so. I have to. We, <laughs> we got to go back and watch the video now again. Because I've seen this I video. I was staring at it the whole time. A hundred times. <laughs> It's hard to not, I mean, it's easy to not notice it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I wasn't staring at it the whole time. I remembered, I like reminded myself to look for it. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's right there. I will say, I so I just typed in hey for, to get back to the hey ya video. And the first thing that came up was hey there Delilah. Oh God. All right. So I'm jumping forward to the, the song and there is a coffin just sitting there. And I did not notice at <laughs> all. They're not trying to hide it. No. It's right out there in the open with flowers Holy on it. Holy shit. Yes. I was today years old, man. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a handful of tweets that just like didn't know. Right. And, and frankly, I didn't really know either I, until we like looked at the lyrics and I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Um, this is from Biscuitine Triscuit says, not me, just wanting to dance and not listen to the lyrics. I had no idea this was a sad song. Sheesh, I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy, holy motherfucking shit. There's a coffin. So news outlets, including Newsweek, picked up this story like that. Hey, like recently. Yeah. Oh, so. Wow. Um, Slow Newsweek, Newsweek. Newsweek wrote, Hey Ya has long been associated with being a happy dance floor filler, and that is because its happy melody has disguised the darker lyrics within. It's like trying to bottle air. <laughs> or cheese grate sand. <laughs> I'm still mad at that NME article. I know. So news outlets, uh, including Newsweek, picked up the story, which was basically like, Outcast blows fans' minds by telling them the true meaning of <laughs> By hey telling them to listen to the lyrics of their to song. To listen to the literally fucking lyrics. <laughs> this is what uh, we're here for at Lyrics for Lunch. <laughs> Number 10 greatest song of all time, baby. We got your back. But there's another little bit of deception here, right? I guess the people think that the beat is deceptive. Yes. They th- okay. So this is the one thing I knew about, about Hey Ya. Uh, yes. So, okay. Should we talk about, th- how, how do you want to address this? Do you want me to just talk about this? Well, I can read you what I wrote, which I'll tell you right now, I don't understand. <laughs> and then you can riff off that or delete it. Perfect. Okay, so we've got a deceptive cadence here. Yes. Every fourth measure in this song Has skips two, two beats, beats. Yeah. and there's a consistent recurrence of an unexpected chord. <laughs> okay, so on TikTok earlier this year, some utter dipshit 
said that Hey Ya is actually in 11-8, which is 11 beats for every eight beats that there should be. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, <laughs> so typically songs are in four or four. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. That's four or four, right? Yep. And then some songs are in three, four. One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three, one, two. So that's in three, four. There are three beats where there should be four. And then there you can break it up even more kind of intricately into something like six, eight, which is a one and a two and a three and a four and a one and a two and a three and a four and a so six beats for every eight eighth notes. Um, and so you can throw odd numbers in there and chunk them weirdly, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, 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 which is seven, right? Because you're going one, two, three, four, and then one, two, three. And so some utter nonce on TikTok earlier this year said that Heya is in 11.8 or 11.4. I can't even remember. So I have to play the song to to explain this because it it makes so little sense so let me pull the song back up i i'm like i'm like getting angry about this i can see that so they think it goes one two three one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven one two three four which is like not how you count things (laughs) no right right so this this triggered a very a very specific memory for me, which is when I was seventeen or eighteen, trying to learn how to play Heya. I noticed that there was this weird rhythmic thing, and so I asked my guitar teacher, whose name is Nick. Hi, Nick. Like, is this? I didn't say is this an eleven four because I'm not an idiot. I thought it was in twenty two twenties because that's what it is. There are twenty or twenty two twenty four. There are 22 beats where there should be 24. And he said, no, that's not how that works either. <laughs> so so uh, what is happening is you have, you have a regular 4-4 four, four beat and there's a measure of 2-4. Two, two beats where there should be four spliced somewhere. That's what I said. Yeah, except for there is <laughs> some debate over where that extra two beats even are. So. So this is what some people think it is. One, two, three, four. Two, two, three, four. Three, two, three, four. Four, two, three, four. Five, two, three, four. Six, two, one, two, three, four. Right? So the, the two at the very end. And some people think it's like this. One, two, three, four. Two, two, three, four. Three, two, three, four. Four, two, five, two, three, four. Six, two, three, four. And like the two, the measure of two is like hidden somewhere in the middle. Because if you're listening to where like the snare drum kicks in, that's like where it would re-trigger or something. It's uh, relatively irrelevant at this point. But yes, it is not in 11, nor is it in 22-24s. It is in 4-4 with one measure of 2-4. Yeah, there was a heated, heated debate on on TikTok about this. The chords move in a... One four five pattern with the D major chord played in the two four measure preceding said deceptive cadence. Correct. The five D major chord resolves to a six E major chord. 
Yes. This is strange for two reasons. First, because it's non-diatonic. Yes. Good job. The E minor chord would serve as the six of the key. Correct. And also because the transition to E major six means the tonic note G has to be sharpened in order to make that deceptive cadence work. Correct. Here, the changing meter works in service to the harmonic motion of the song with the five chord in the 2-4 measure, creating a shorter period of expectation and adding to the unusual nature of the deceptive cadence. Yes, that is exactly right. Would you like me to explain what these say? <laughs> yes. So 1-4-5 is a very, very uh, pleasing pattern. Blitzkrieg bop. ba 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 Right, Blitzkrieg bop. And so what... Uh, Andre and and Outcast is doing is is denying you the pleasantries of the of the rotation of that pattern and adding the sixth part of the scale right one four five six uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the phrase to give you a sense of unease and throw you off of that ro- rotational balance and yep it works well for what it's doing which is to make you feel like the song is ahead of you and you don't know what's coming next you better catch up with your dance uh so remember when you were saying like oh my god it sold three million copies and that's so crazy because itunes was just coming out Mm -hmm. i do remember that hey uh (laughs) hey uh was the first song to ever reach one million paid downloads in itunes first year of existence holy shit it was the most downloaded song so it so it hit so so speaker box love below sold three million copies and hey ya sold a million copies just on itunes it was more than that it was the first song to ever reach a yeah, million, yeah yeah true and it was the most downloaded song in the first year of itunes holy existence. balls yep um i already told you about all of its awards there was a small group of australians who petitioned the government to make it the national anthem <laughs> of hey, of australia yes <laughs> great and in 2017, the Prime Minister responded to that petition, which you are going to read to us. Wait, what? Okay, so they gave this petition, uh-huh. and then the Prime Minister no, responded. No, 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 that part I got. It's the I'm going to read to you that I'm confused about. Okay. House of Representatives on May 22nd, 2017, responses to petitions. Okay, so this is from Prime Minister Turnbull, who's like a knob, but he says, Dear Mr. Vasta, thank you for your letter dated 20th of March 2017 regarding petition EN0094, which requests that the Australian government change the Australian national anthem to the 2003 (laughs) song Hey Ya by Outcast." The words and tune of the Australian National Anthem were adopted only after exhaustive surveys of national opinion starting in the 70s and were claimed by the Governor General of the Commonwealth of Australia on the 19th of April 1984. Wow, that's pretty new. That should be like an ACDC song or something. Uh, The Australian (laughs) National Anthem is widely accepted and popularly supported by the majority of Australians. The Australian government has no no plans to change the anthem. Thank you for bringing this petition to my attention. I appreciate the important work of the Standing Committee on Petitions in putting community concerns before the Parliament. Yours sincerely, from the Prime Minister, Mr. Turnbull. Should we listen to the Australian National Anthem? I think we should. Play does it slap. Yes, I absolutely (laughs) agree. Okay.
This song sucks. Wow. Could have been Hey Ya. This does not slap. This does not slap. Wealth for toil. Fuck. Wow. Wow. Humans are weird. Yeah. <laughs> They've just fucking... Turned their back on Hey Ya for this <laughs> garbage. Joyful strains. Oof. What does Advanced Australia Fair even mean? I don't know. Okay, we're out. Oh, there's a second, second verse. There's a lot of toiling happening in this song. Yeah, it's because they're a fucking prison colony. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I think it's for real. (laughs) Like, this sounds like something that the British would have written to keep the Australians (laughs) in line. True. For those who've come across the seas, we've boundless planes to share. I mean, the American National Anthem is no picnic either. Yeah. Woof. Does not Didn't slap. slap. <laughs> All right. So, well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, last week, Rolling Stone, well, mid-September, because this is not going to come out for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stone updated its list of the 500 best songs of all time for the first time in 17 years. Like the cicadas. Just like the cicadas. 17-year cycle. Also a band. 17-year cycle? The cicadas. Is that a band? I don't know. I was just making that up. Oh, okay. Yep. Love them. Um, <laughs> what song was number one? Uh, the song that was number one was the first song that i did on lyrics for lunch which was respect by aretha franklin i know by otis redding but like by aretha franklin yeah yeah so what do you want to tell everyone listen to aretha franklin's respect she should have gotten songwriting credit for it and it was a crime that she didn't listen to our third episode i think ever on aretha franklin and respect to hear all about how she got completely fucked on that deal more uplifting stuff yay yeah so hey came in at number 10 yes i highly coveted spot yeah it's in the top 10 just ahead of god only knows beach boys just ahead of god only knows Ugh. yeah and behind fleetwood mac dreams wow fleetwood mac belongs nowhere in the top 500 songs <laughs> of all time i feel like you're wrong about fleetwood mac like well, you don't like them and i don't know why but it kind of slaps mm. Here's what Rolling Stone had to say about Heya. About as radical as fun can get. Heya is funk, pop rap, and rock spun into something otherworldly, yet immediately lovable, 
via Outcast's one-of-a-kind Stankonian vision. Andre 3000 began writing the song on acoustic guitar, bashing out some chords that he wanted to sound like the Smiths and the Buzzcocks. They just copied my whole notes yeah. just to write this. Fucking. He had the bulk of it already conceptualized in his head, said recording engineer John Fry. It all happened quite fast. We recorded the skeleton part with the intro and the first verse and hook all in one night. The song would end up going through numerous permutations. One key assist came from former cameo member Kevin Kendricks. Shit. Already said all of this. Who laid down the synth part and bass. At one point, it was called Thank God for Mom and Dad, a title that makes plain its complicated lyrics about the challenges of keeping a romantic relationship afloat. That definitely would have hurt its sales. And that was one of the HuffPost like, myth busts, so I didn't include that in my notes because HuffPost was like, is it true that the song was called Thank God for Mom and Dad at one point? Because that's what everyone says. Yeah. And Andre's like, oh, it had like a bunch of different names. Yeah, so it's like, that's not that special. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. And then on Twitter in 2021, Outkast even called it the saddest song ever written. In 2003, however, most of that was lost on a world that simply wanted to dance, party, and shake it like a Polaroid picture. Hey Ya was the most universal pop smash of the early 2000s, the first song to be downloaded one million times on iTunes. I think it's kind of difficult to overstate how huge the song was to people who may not have been like culturally conscious at that time this was like bigger than old town road was like right ev- literally everywhere which is weird for a song with like an irregular beat and an irregular chord progression and like very very strange lyrics about breaking up and a coffin that no one noticed for 15 years <laughs> So, Hey Ya appeared in Scrubs in the episode My Soul on Fire Part 2, which aired on April, in April of 2009. Great. Do you remember that episode? Um, I'll, I need a little bit more. Well, I didn't watch Scrubs, so I'm just going to let you watch this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, this episode is where uh, the janitor, whose name is Yanni Tor, uh, is getting married to his fiance named Lady in the bahamas this was in like the dark the dark era of scrubs but ted the lawyer who is played by sam lloyd who sadly passed away a few years ago um plays hey on the acoustic guitar as they like walk down the aisle why is this the dark era of scrubs do i want to know because uh, i might watch it one day oh it's just not a good season oh like how many doctors do you know would go to the bahamas to go to the janitor's wedding the janitor of their hospital. I don't know. <laughs> so speaking of internet debates, you brought up TikTok. Yes. There's also been some Twitter debates about like Outcast versus the Beatles. That's a weird one. Outcast like it's like Beatles versus Stones. I've never heard Outcast versus the Beatles. <laughs> well, I pulled from this article from Rock the Bells. Mm-hmm. That's called Outcast is more like the Beatles than you think. Tell me, tell me, because I, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> uh, okay, when you see Twitter debates like Outcast versus the Beatles, you kind of know what it's all about. This is an opportunity to roast Boomer's most sacrosanct band. LOL. It tends to do more to fuel internet tribalism than spark actual engaged debate. But as you gleefully poke at the Fab Four for the five hundredth time, consider something: the Beatles and Outcast are more similar than you think. I'll bite. 
there are some clear moments where Outkast and the Beatles have connected. Andre 3000 covered the Fab's somewhat obscure novelty song altogether now in a Nike ad. Uh, okay. And Three Stacks video for 2003's mega hit Hey Ya was essentially a direct homage to the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. Mm-hmm. Big Boy name dropped Paul McCartney and his contentious 2007 divorce from Heather Mills when McCartney paid Mills $48.6 million in the split on UGK's classic International Players Anthem. Asked Paul McCartney, the lawyer couldn't stop it, slaughter of them pockets, had to tie her to a rocket, send her into outer space. I know he wish he could because he pay in 20k a day. That bitch is eating good. So... Uh, Lindsay's rap album will be <laughs> dropping. Okay, so they so okay. it seems like the the outcast is aware of the Beatles, right? So far, um, both acts were not uniquely influential and massively popular. They both represent the creative spirit of constant evolution. The Beatles initially hit America as four lovable mop tops steeped in rock and roll, girl groups, and Motown before rapidly evolving into weed smoking Dylan files then psychedelic boundary pushers, and ultimately a rock band steeped in album-centric craftsmanship. For Outkast, teenage big boy Andre debuted as pimpery-obsessed kids before reinventing themselves as futuristic sages and subsequently transforming into pop iconoclasts steeped in their own esoteric hip-hop style. As acts that constantly push themselves forward, they set a bar for their respective generations. That, you know what, that I, that I do buy, and, and it's therefore, you know, this, this is like their White Album, right? Because the, the Beatles did basically the same thing with the White Album, where like everyone got their own chunk of songs, and it wasn't mm-hmm. as cohesive as, you know, maybe Abbey Road was or whatever. Also, both Outkast and the Beatles were propelled by the musical synergy of two seemingly opposite personalities. Andre 3000 and John Lennon occupy similar roles within the dynamic, the more avant-garde arm that's most idiosyncratic and boundary pushing, while Big Boy and Paul McCartney serve as the also creative craftsman who is most devoted to both the sustaining of the group's legacy, and the maintenance of their individual musical and creative pursuits. You know what? I'm convinced. Should I go on? I mean, you can go on, but, but like I've, I've, I've started to buy it. <laughs> there are parallels between Speaker Box slash The Love Below and The Beatles, more commonly known as The White Album. The Beatles' White Album, let's just say. Yeah. Both are double albums that highlight the individual creativity of the Axe members. Clearly... Speaker Box The Love Below is the more obvious example as it features Big Boy and Andre 3000 operating more or less as isolated solo artists recording their own separate discs. The White Album isn't as official about the individual focus, but all parties have stated that the album is the most individualistic of the band's catalog. John Lennon famously declared The White Album a collection of four solo artists using the other members as a backing band. In the age of streaming, it wouldn't be hard for a fan to divide the album between Lennon songs and McCartney songs. And what about the end? The Beatles' dissolution is the most famously bitter breakup in music history. Lawsuits, diss records, nasty interviews. It had all the drama of a VH1 reality show. But Outkast quietly went dormant. No official breakup has ever been announced. And the Atlanteans even reunited for a 20th anniversary tour in 2014. And obviously, the tragic 1980 murder of John Lennon put an end to any talk of a full Beatles reunion despite McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo's quasi-reunion for the anthology project why is this still going? I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to let you tire yourself out. Harrison's 2001 death further confirmed that the Beatles would only exist as an entity 
of the 1960s. With Outcast, as of 2021, we can still hold out hope that Big Boy and Dre will once again grace us with something, anything, as Outcast. Okay. Whether you prefer Hey Jude or Hey Ya, it's up to you. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, what I was going to go out on today was, so Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, do you know that? Yeah, yeah. Band. Scott Bradley went to my high school at the same time as me. No shit. Friend of the show, Scott yeah. Bradley. <laughs> and um, they do, he did a Hey Ya. They do a Hey Ya. Yeah. Okay. So this is a vintage 60s soul version of Hey Ya, which is like not that much of a leap anyway. Aviv, where can people find us? You can find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, shoot us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, go to our website, lyricsforlunch.com, and click support the show. Also, like and subscribe to the podcast. It's your best way to never miss an episode. And we'll be back next week doing this with another song. I don't know if I don't know if it's time, and if it's not time, I'll cut this out. But I think it might be time to do the Macarena. Wow! Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so tune in next week when Lindsay researches. No the, fucking way! You're ma- out of your mind. <laughs> and until next time, four lyrics for lunch. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. Saying. Yeah, but you should also say your name. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, shake it like a Polaroid picture, but an old one that you need to shake. Yeah. Excellent work. We don't want to meet your daddy. We don't want to meet your daddy. We just want to be your caddy.
Is it Stankonia or Stankonia? <laughs> I, I say Stankonia. I think I think he says Stankonia in Bombs Over Baghdad. So I th- okay. let's say stank, Stankonia. Wait, say that? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, he started writing it during the 2001 Stankonia tour. No. Stankonia tour. <laughs> He'd started writing it during the 2001 Stankonia tour. No. Wow, I am brain dead. <laughs> Uh, he'd started writing it during the 2001 Stankonia tour that featured Ludacris, no, who is still, also from Atlanta. No. <laughs> Stankonia. 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 Okay, he's started. This is going to be a bonus episode <laughs> of just you reading this sentence over and over again. <laughs> 